the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every day. Compulsive behaviors and addictions have long been a pandemic in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. God wants everyone to walk out of the darkness and into His marvelous light. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. It is so good to be with you. I'm here live in the KKHT studios with Recovery Radio Houston. Did you know that the Christian walk and the recovery walk are almost identical? The things that we have to do in recovery to um, get out of bondage are the same things that we as Christians are called to do. And so in this program, we we are trying to bring hope out into the city. We have guests that uh, work in the kingdom do kingdom work out in the recovery community and prison ministries and and things you know jesus came in luke nineteen ten. it tells us that jesus came to seek and save the lost and as christians we are called to make disciples of all nations so we have a calling and we have a responsibility so we're not going to have guests today we will go back uh, next week we're going to have uh, two guys that um, have uh, been wonderful brothers in our Break Every Chain Fellowship, which is on Friday nights at New Covenant Church in Humble. But, um, and they're going to tell their stories of being uh, freed, you know, whom the sun sets free is free indeed, and and uh, being liberated from bondage. And they've got a remarkable testimony, both of them. Uh, so we'll look forward to that next week. But today we're just going to talk about the Word of God, uh, because that's really what's key. You know, I was at a meeting today at the Open Door Mission, and we talked about the difference between people who go through, you know, God bless people that are working out there in secular recovery. Uh, I wish them all the best. But in my opinion, if you want a supernatural, supercharged recovery, you've got to find Jesus. And if you want to have the peace that surpasses all understanding, you want to have the tools uh, that enable you to deal with the trials and tribulations that we have in this life, you've got to find Jesus. And so today we're just going to talk about something that uh, is critical in our walk with the Lord, and that is realizing that God is love. You know, we just had Valentine's Day on Monday, and so we're going to, I'm going to give a shortened version of a sermon I gave at New Covenant Church Greater Heights last Sunday evening. You know, we worship in the evenings. Uh, We wanted to give people an opportunity. There used to be more church services in the evenings, not too many on Sunday evenings anymore, and we wanted to give people an opportunity to come worship with us. Even though they belong to other churches, don't want to leave their church, we're not encouraging anybody to leave their church. Uh, although we have our own congregation too, and we're an open, uh, loving church, 
You know, we want to be founded on love. We, we're a spirit-filled church, but I think it, until you can really be a spirit-filled church, you have to be a love-filled church, and we're we're called to love one another, as we all know. So I'd like to invite everybody to to attend one of our church services at 240 West 18th Street in the heart of the Heights at 6 p.m., 77008. You'll be welcomed. Um, it's a small church plant. It's not a real big church, but uh, we all know one another, and we'd love to get to know you. So let's get into the Word. Uh I want to f- start someplace we don't usually start when we talk about God's love. I want to start with the Apostle John. Uh, the Apostle John lived an extraordinary life. You know, he's considered by most scholars to be the youngest apostle. Some people even believe he was a teenager when Jesus said, follow me. Uh, ter- church tradition says that his mother was a sister of Mary, and therefore he was Jesus's cousin. Uh, with his brother James, he was one of the first disciples to begin to follow Jesus. He's known as the beloved disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's, in fact, the only disciple who was with Jesus at the foot of the cross on Calvary. And pursuant to Jesus' instructions there on the cross, he took care of Mary for the rest of her life. Uh, Paul considered him, along with Peter and James, the most prominent men of the early church. Uh, John eventually settled in Ephesus, and we see that uh, John wrote, of course, the the book, the Gospel of John, and he wrote the first three, the first three epistles of, of John, and then of course he he wrote the Revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in our Bible, uh, when he was on the island of Patmos, exiled. Do you know that the the historian Tertullian says that John got exiled because when he was imprisoned in Rome, that he was thrown into a boiling vat of oil, and they couldn't kill him, so they exiled him to Patmos, and that's when Jesus appeared to him and gave him um, the vision that is the book of Revelation. Uh, you know, this was written during the time of the Emperor Domitian, which was a uh, terrible time for the church, a terrible time of persecution. You know, all the apostles but one were, were martyred, and John was the last living apostle. And um, the book of Revelation, of course, was written to give Christians, not only is it written for us today to talk about what's going to happen in the end times, but it was also written to the people in the churches then to give them hope. If you read it, there's really a lot of dual meetings. It's beautiful. And it's to give them hope because these people, they were watching their brothers and sisters in Christ being chased down and killed. There were over 45,000, some scholars say Christians that were killed by the Roman authorities, crucified, thrown to the lions, all kinds of terrible fates. And so they're sitting there in their flesh wondering, is this worth it? And, you know, what John was what Jesus was trying to point out in the book of Revelation is is that we there's a victory at the end, folks. I am <laughs> I have come uh, for the for eternity, and you know I know you're going through hardships now, but eternity is more important. Anyway, let's get back to the to talking about love. So John was uh, this his gospel is so beautiful because it makes the divinity of Jesus so clear, and he provides us, for example, with the expression of being born again. I'm a born again Christian and proud of it. It's the most important thing in my life. And uh, there were powerful verses in, in, in chapters 14, 15, and 16 about the power of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, that John wrote in 1 John 4, 9, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be with us for the atonement of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 
No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. He also wrote in 1 John 3, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. We're going to come back to that. The honor of being called the children of God, the creator of the universe. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know him is that it did not know him, did not know Jesus. You know, it is believed that John lived to a very old age. Uh, some say even a little bit over, over 100. And as he approached that uh, age, he was attending church in Ephesus. You know, the, the, I can't remember if I said this. The, the letter of Revelation is to seven churches, and those, John was the bishop over those seven churches. And he took Mary to Ephesus, and that's where he settled. And so he would go to church, and they'd say, oh, my goodness, John is here. The apostle disciple John is here. And they'd call him up and tell us something about walking with Jesus. And towards the end of his life, of course, he had probably had some real serious physical disabilities. And he would say three words, and he would say, love one another. That's what he would tell everyone, just as the Bible tells us. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-six, Jesus was asked, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So that's not easy for us. Love our neighbor as ourself. Jesus said over and over again, and we're gonna if we have time, we're gonna get to some of the scriptures actually, in the Gospel of John, where Jesus said, love one another. He said, people will know you as my disciple if you love one another. He said it over and over again. God is love. And, you know, as I was talking earlier, I was at the Open Door Mission. These men come in. They're, it's a it's a ministry that takes in addicted and, and, and uh, homeless men. And so many of them don't feel loved. So many of them f- feel uh, like they have no worth. That happens to all of us. We sometimes will say, what is my purpose? You know, why am I here? We'll go through seasons where we have difficulty. And, and and what we have to get in our heart is how much God loves us, how much he truly loves us, made in his image. You know, when I was a young man, I wanted to be a pro football player. I'm too short and wasn't fast enough. Um, and then later, uh, as I became a lawyer, I wanted to be a politician. Ronald Reagan was my hero. But now... I know what God had in store for me all the time. The Bible says that we are Christ's ambassadors. It actually says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it calls us God's co-workers. I mean, what an honor that we are called to be God's co-workers. We are made by the creator of the universe who spun the stars into the sky. And, And he says... We are his co-workers. What a tremendous, tremendous honor that that is. And I, I just uh, knew I said it wrong when I said it. Second Corinthians chapter 6 at the beginning when he calls us his co-workers. So in Second Corinthians 5.14, Paul writes, For the love of Christ compels us, because if we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. You know, it's so hard. We have an eternal battle of our our spirit man versus our our flesh. And, you know, we, we'll, we'll be studying our Bible and 
morning devotion and going to church and engaged in ministries and helping people and doing what God wants us to do, and then life happens. You know, we have somebody die or we lose a job or and we, and or we a relationship issue and we get angry about things and our pride is hurt and our flesh is, begins to take over and we 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 move more over towards towards our flesh. Well, I, I got to ask you today: What's the most important thing in your life? Are are you living for Him? Or are you living for people? I'm not. You're supposed to, of course take care of people and help people and help love your neighbor as yourself. And, and Jesus gave an incredible example in the, in the story of the good Samaritan. But number one, remember the first commandment and that's to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And if you're living in that, if that's the zone you're in, then it becomes so much easier to love people and to help them. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When I myself went through rehab, that's something that God planted in my heart, is that I was a new creation. Those mistakes I'd made, that's not who I was. I no longer had to be bound by those mistakes. I no longer had to listen to the voice of the enemy telling me that I was no good or worthless or that I'd made too many mistakes because that's just a, a lie from the pit of hell. That's not who God says we are. We are new creations. Old things have passed away. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Reconciliation means restoration to favor. When we come to Christ, if you're out there and you just are stuck riding with somebody or for whatever reason you happen to be listening or you come across this podcast and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he wants to restore you. He wants to restore you to, to favor. You know, what is a what is a good Bible-based church look like? A spirit-filled church? Well, first, it looks like Jesus. That should be the buzzword in every church. The most important paramount thing is focus on a relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything we do is centered around him. We don't play church. We serve the master. We do our best to imitate Christ. And how, how, how was Christ? He, he was humble. He helped people. He healed people. He went around. And he, he knew the word. He preached the word of God. Are you spending time in your Bible? If you love God, you'll obey his commandments. Jesus says that. And and you'll spend time in his word getting to know his character. I love how Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 26, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Are you with Jesus? Are you testifying to him? Sometimes people see the only chance we, John Hammond was on here Who's got? Who's involved in Hope for All in Jesus Prison Ministry? And he tells a powerful story about how he drove by fifty churches on his way to, to minister in prison one day, and he could have stopped at any of those churches to worship God. But when he got to the prison, the only people chance that those people heard about to heard about Jesus was when he went in there. Well, you may be the only chance that somebody has to to hear about Jesus in your in your normal life and to witness to them and tell them how good your Jesus has been and to, to show them, to be that light, as Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, 
that light standing on a hill, a city shining on a hill, the salt and light of the earth. And then Jesus said in verse 27, 15, 27, John 15, 27, not only will the Holy Spirit testify of me, you will also bear witness of me. He's saying the same thing to us today. You, your disciples of mine, with the Holy Spirit living inside you, you'll tell others what you have witnessed and experienced because of me. So what is a, what is a, a, a powerful Bible-based, love-filled church look like? It looks like agape love. That's the God kind of love. The characteristics of agape love are unconditional love, unfailing love, unchanging love, committed love, constant love, faithful love, grace-filled love, true love, ever-giving, other-centered, sacrificial, forgiving. And as Jesus says in Matthew five forty-eight, perfect love. Now, many people that are listening to my voice probably have children. And you understand that there's really almost nothing your children could do to make you not love them. That's how God feels about us. But we also know as parents that we want our children to learn from their mistakes. Jesus said when he announced his ministry, he said, repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, as it says in Matthew. This is the kind of love that we didn't have before we were saved. This is the kind of love that is out there in the, that, that, that this is not the kind of love that is out there in the world. The, the world shows us love that's, you know, how how pretty are you? When you're not pretty anymore, I'm I'm not going to love you anymore. How rich are you? And if you're broke, I'm not going to love you anymore. The, the world is hit, hung up on looks and power and money, and that's not what God is about. That's not what Jesus was about, not at all. And when we gave our hearts to Christ, we received his heart. And when you stay close to him, you have that heart. In fact, the Old Testament says in Ezekiel thirty six twenty six says, I'll take out that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. God wants to pour his agape love. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you and encourage you with that agape love, that unconditional love that you have for other people. Paul wrote in Romans 5, 5, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Second Timothy, Paul wrote, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. We spend so much time in worry. Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, do not worry. He said in Matthew 6, 33, he said, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, and all else will be added to you. Spirit of agape love, the power of God's love will break every evil force. (laughs) It It will heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. Love is powerful. I've heard story after story about somebody that was critically injured and somebody came up and a loved woman held their hand and gave them courage and hope and and preached scripture to them and told them how much God loved them. And that's powerful. Look at it in our society. Look how powerful the civil rights movement was and, and the early 1960s those people were sprayed with water hoses and dogs attacked and arrested and thrown in jail and they just loved and that was the power it took to change our society not the protest with throwing setting things on fire and things of that nature that doesn't change anything that just ingrains people in opposite sides 
What changes people is God's love. You know, the way John's gospel starts out, the, uh, Jesus is the light, and the, the he's the word, and he's the light, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. You know, we're a, a spirit-filled church at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, but I, well, I'd like to be, before we can really be a spirit-filled church, we have to be a love-filled church. <laughs> and that's really what we're trying to do. We know each other's stories and testimonies, and, and, and we're there for fellowship as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. We're there to love on one another. I'd, I'd love for you to to join us at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We actually had a, a bunch of new people last Sunday, which really surprised me because it was Super Bowl Sunday. Um, it's a small church, though. You you'll you know it's it's spirit filled. We're gonna we're gonna worship the Lord, and we're gonna have a good time. So I would love for you to join us. We really can't talk about love without talking about Paul's wonderful recitation of love. When he says in in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, he says, "Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal." Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not. We're talking about agape love, God's love. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in inequity. But, or evil, but it rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. We need to become mature Christians and really recognize the power of God's love in everything we do, it'll change our lives if we can do that. It's hard, I know. It really is hard. If we drive in Houston, it's hard to stay with, with a loving countenance and not be angry and not be mad. But God wants us to have that peace that surpasses all understanding, and that begins with love. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. There's just no question about it. We need God's love in our lives. We need it. It just changes everything about us. And we talked about how John, and we talked about how John in his old age would be asked to come up to the front of the church in Ephesus, and he would say three words, love one another, because that's what Jesus taught us. That's what he wants us to do, is love one another. In fact, if we look at, at John chapter 14, Gospel of John, verses 15 through 18, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that we may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you have the Holy Spirit in your life? That's the power that we need to love one another. John 15, verses 9 through 17. I'm not going to read them all because we're running out of time, but... As the Father loved me, I have also have loved you. Abide in my love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
In fact, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command of you. Jesus laid down his life for us. No greater love. If God loves us that much, shouldn't we love him back? Verse 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. John heard those those live, and, and that's why, that's all he said. He, that's what he wanted the people of Ephesus to remember, is that they needed to love one another. There's nothing more important. Anyway, it's a, it's a uh, well, let me read one more scripture. We're about out of time, but I want to read one more scripture because this is so powerful. Jesus says it over and over again. John thirteen thirty four through 35. And a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We're called to make disciples of all nations. We're called to preach the gospel to all creation. But people aren't going to look at just what we say. They're going to look at how we act and what we do. And we're, they're going to know we're Jesus' disciples if we love one another. Jesus is the only one that preached this radical gospel of loving everyone. And that's what we're called to do. It's not easy. Again, I want to invite you to New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. This Sunday, actually, my assistant pastor will be preaching, but he's going to give a powerful word. I'll be preaching the following Sunday. It's at 240 West 18th Street, 77008. We love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. But more importantly, God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. Good night and amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.